Let's welcome back our good friend and a very special person, former Assemblyman Dove Hyken, founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism. And Dove is in Eretz Yisrael. This is such a difficult time, and I really appreciate you joining us and taking the time to be here. Look, uh, it was important for me to be here. I probably got on one of the last flights uh, that was not El Al from New York. Uh, you know, my daughter and her husband and six kids got back from Israel Last Monday, I picked them up from the airport at 5.30. I had no plans to go to Israel. I had just been here a couple of weeks ago. But later that afternoon, I, I really just said to myself, you know, with all the difficulty and all the challenges and all the terrible things that we were hearing, I said, you know what? I belong with my people in Eretz Yisrael. I need to be there. So we, we literally got a flight, one, two, three. You know, it took a little work, but uh, – and – I am grateful to Hashem that I can be here during a very, very difficult time. Yeah, and I truly admire it. And look, let's be honest, most of our instinct is if we're in a war zone, we try to get out of the war zone. And even if it's Israel, well, I don't fault anybody for that. And the fact that your instinct was literally within a few hours after, and it, and it wasn't even easy, like you said, you had to go through hoops to get a flight. So you had every excuse in the world not to go. And the fact that you feel this incredible connection and this need to be in that region is so incredible. Well, look, you can't just be uh, a lover of Eretz Yisrael when the sun is shining, when everything is just beautiful and wonderful, right? Uh, sometimes it's raining. Sometimes there are difficult times, and that's really the challenge. That's what Hashem is looking at. And, and as as I think the entire Jewish world knows and beyond, this is one of the most difficult times. What was done to our people, to our brothers and sisters, what was done to children, to babies, uh, uh, to men and women, grandfathers and grandmothers, it's just beyond, 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 beyond. You know, many of the interviews I did, I call Hamas uh, Nazis, and but they're even worse than that. Because if you think about it, the Nazis tried to hide what they were doing uh, during the Holocaust, uh, uh, you know, and the, and Hamas, they were proud. They were they was they were sending out the videos. They wanted the world to see the kind of barbarians they are. And and again, I can, you know I can't even call them animals. It's not fair to animals. I mean, you know, there. Yeah. You know, the truth is there are no words to describe the brutality, the horror, the barbarism committed by these animals it's just it's just beyond 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 the stuff that's coming out there's even more uh i will be with uh uh you know going uh, with zaka to the south uh uh you know i've talked to people who are involved in identifying bodies you know most of the bodies have not been identified only about 30 percent wow. of the 1300 have been identified. I think you understand why. Yeah. Because of the state of the bodies and what was done, which which is beyond description. No one has yet written the real details of the animalistic and barbaric behavior of these individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, absolutely. And like you say, any words any of us try to use t to describe and to use adjectives really only diminishes, which isn't, it's just because there are not enough words in the English language to describe something right. this barbaric, I, I, exactly. this subhuman. Uh, now, I w would love to hear, and I know the audience would love to hear about 
your personal experience. You started to touch on it. You've been there already several days. I know you've met with people. I, I saw an in- interview that you sent me where you talked about going to Har Herzl and uh, seeing the burial of soldiers. So just well, tell us uh, what you've been experiencing, the people that, you've been you know, encountering, et cetera. That was uh, I, I, Thursday, last Thursday, was a day that I will never forget the rest of my life. Uh, I couldn't sleep that night, and I've had a hard time sleeping since. I went, I went to Har Herzl because 30 Israeli soldiers were buried one after the other. I was at the cemetery, standing there for hours, one hour, two hours, three hours, four, five, watching grandparents, watching parents, watching brothers and sisters whose, uh, you know, whose loved ones were murdered defending the Jewish people in Gaza. So, that is an experience I can't even begin to tell you. To have the schuss to be at the funerals of the heroes of the Jewish people, of the defenders of the Jewish people, that's what they are. I mean, amazing, amazing people, tzaddikim, really, holy people, these soldiers. And to have the opportunity to be there, even though it was hard and tough, you know, I'm not exactly a youngster anymore, but, you know, I stood there and, it broke my heart to watch these families, you know, when they, when the, when the soldiers brought in the caskets uh, on shoulders, you know, one after the other, I can't even begin to tell you what that was like, you know, and, and, and watching, you know, some of the funerals took longer, some, but watching the parents and the family who were right. And, uh, you know, it, yeah. It was just something beyond, beyond. I mean, I realized I did a bunch of interviews with TV and I, 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 you know, I had a hard time controlling my emotions, to be honest, which I always do, but I couldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't be human if otherwise. And certainly somebody like you who has such deep emotions, has such deep love of Claudia Israel. Um, I'm curious, so curious to hear your thoughts and especially, you know, because you're there on the ground, you know, this is an ongoing conflict with so many layers and, at the forefront of all of our mind is the hostage situation, which is horrific, which is unspeakable, unthinkable. Now a ground invasion may be imminent. And meanwhile, we have the media to, to, to grapple with as well. The mainstream media, who was on our side for a few days to a large degree, is now turning against Israel as the scenes of Gaza get worse which is all Hamas's fault. They're intentionally uh, basically killing their own citizens, and Israel gets the blame, which is something we're used to. So what are your thoughts about just all of that? People needs to finish Hamas. They need to disappear from the face of the earth. And I believe that this time that is going to happen. There is no choice. You know, Israel has been doing this every couple of years. And it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, it, it's it's not good for the Jewish people. And let me tell you, it's not good for for innocent Palestinians uh, uh, who, you know, their leaders are the ones responsible for creating the predicament that everybody's in. So this time, this time, there's no stopping. This time, they will be destroyed. I predict that they will be completely destroyed. Obviously, a price is going to be paid. And as far as the media is concerned, I mean, you know, you and I are not surprised. You know, uh, uh, you know, a couple of days uh, maybe another couple of days, uh, uh, it'll be okay. It's already starting to turn in many places. But look, uh, I feel bad for innocent people in Gaza. But I blame the right people. 
not the state of Israel, not the Jewish people, not the government of Israel defending its people after what just transpired. Uh, so, you know, blame Hamas. They deserve the blame. No one else. No one else. And I think this time, you, you know, you know I, I just want to mention one of the things that's very interesting. One of the people that was just uh, uh, eliminated from the face of, of Earth who was involved in planning the uh, 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 the onslaught uh, against uh, the people in in uh, in Israel uh, was someone who was released in a prisoner exchange for Shalit. Wow! Do you hear that? Wow. Who had actually murdered his boss, and he was freed. All for one one uh, you know Israeli who was being held. And, you know, it gets very, very emotional. I mean, you know, if it was my son, if it was my daughter, if it was my baby, if it was my grandfather, it's a very, I mean, almost impossible situation. I would never want to be in the shoes of uh, of being the leader to make the decisions on what to do and not to do. But one thing for sure we know, that when you release terrorists from jail, including people who have murdered people before, that a... 30, 40 percent of them go back and commit acts, you know, commit violent acts again, including murder. And one of the architects of this entire thing was a guy released from jail. I was not aware of that. And he killed his own boss. It's just it's amazing. And and like you say, once a terrorist, always a terrorist. I agree with you. It's an impossible decision to make. I also feel like a sense of relief that we're, we're not in the position to make such an unthinkable decision and who knows what the right thing is but uh but yeah you're right once you let them out the recidivism I, I rate tell is something very interesting uh you know things happen you know you you you, you look i came because i had to be here and i knew i wanted to go and do things and 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 you know shabbos you know in jerusalem was quite an experience we were different families but let me tell you something that happened uh, There's the someone I know from the past. I haven't spoken to him in two years. His name is John Geoffrey. He is the owner of uh, Bay Ridge Geoda and many other dealerships in New York and New Jersey. One of the biggest guys in town in terms of cars. I haven't spoken to him in years. Last week, he reached out with a text message saying, I would like to give a little money to help the cause. So I told him, you know, I text back, you know, I'm going to be in the South. Let me see what they need money for. And I thought, you know, the guy wants to give a thousand, two thousand dollars. I mean, he said a couple of dollars, right? This past Friday, I get a message from him. I need to talk to you either today, Friday, or Shabbos. <laughs> so I called him right away. I got to tell you, this guy, John Geoffrey, everybody listen. The guy is giving us. to be distributed, which I am going out with here and there, you know, Zaka, other things that are needed, you know, $60,000, just like that. Wow. And these are amazing, amazing things. I mean, he's he's giving us the money through Americans Against Anti-Semitism, and every cent is going to be go to different things that will help the Jewish people. I mean, what a... This is, this is a guy who's, is this crazy or what? It, it, it is. It's it's mind-boggling. If someone had told us two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, that we'd be seeing the level of giving of chesed, and that's the other part of the story, with all the darkness 
well, there is so much incredible Kiddush Hashem and Achdus, more than we've probably ever seen in our lifetime. You're talking about people taking Kabbalah, a big movement of thousands of people who are not from, who are deciding to do a mitzvah, right. getting uh, Chayal's uh, name to daven for, the man at the El Al counter who's literally paying for tickets for IDF soldiers. I'm, I'm told 1,500 people have decided, committed to wear tefillin for the rest of their lives. They've perhaps never worn tefillin before, and they're getting a free pair of tefillin. We're seeing things that... It's a shame it takes this kind of tragedy to bring it out, but that's what's being brought out. So that really is the other side. Exactly. You know, look, uh, if you go back before that Shabbos that I will never forget, uh, I will never forget uh, what that was like uh, when uh, uh, Rabbi Bloomstein, the, the Rav of our shul uh, in Woodmere, walked in the middle of the davening he had whatever he was, and his face was ashen, and he got in front of everyone and said that uh, 40 Israelis had been murdered in that area. Uh, 40. And everyone, like, was, uh, like, in shock. Right. 40. 40. Right. Okay. Now, the truth is, Yankov, that when we look back before that horrible Shabbos that we will never forget, the Jewish people were so divided the sinna that was that existed within Klal Yisrael, both in Israel and in America, and in, in, including in our own communities, yes. Yanko. You know, everybody being judgmental, everybody saying, you know, the, you know, the, this kind of Jew, that kind of Jew. You know what? Hashem brought us all together, but what a price we paid! What a price! Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think your sentiments are echoing what's going through all of our hearts. I do want to get back for a moment because you made a prediction. You think that this is the end of Hamas. You think Israel is not going to let up. And look, we all hope you're right. Uh, it'll come at a cost. But I think you know this, Dove, the logistical nightmare of the ground invasion, of you know, the density of, of, of Gaza and what it'll take and the toll it'll take and women and children. We know. And again, it's not on Israel for one second, it, it, one shred of it. It's all on Hamas. It's on Egypt. It's on Jordan. It's on every Arab country that refuses to step in for their own people, then blames Israel. But over the weeks, it, there's going to be bad PR. It, it's going to get messy. I heard Nikki Haley make that, make that point, but it really will. No, you agree? There's no question about that. Yeah, I of course I agree. Look, uh, uh, the world is going to have Rahmanis uh, on all these people. Uh, in Gaza, uh, except they're going to blame us instead of blaming the, you know, pointing their finger at the people really responsible. Look, I hope, and we shall see very, very soon, that, that the Israeli government has some surprises up their sleeve, that it's not just marching straight in and, and, and dealing with it, that they are going to use certain techniques and certain, you know, I'm not a military expert, but I, I think we're in for some surprises. Let's wait and see. I hope with God's help. First of all, we need Hashem 100%, and we need to daven and pray for the heroes of the Jewish people. Every single soldier, whether he put on tefillin once in his life, never in his life, or every day, irrelevant, irrelevant. They are protecting the Jewish people, and I think we get it today more than ever before. I think everyone understands throughout Israel, every single part of Israel, that our enemies hate us with a passion. If they had a chance to destroy every single Jew, and by the way, when you see the rallies in New York and other parts of the country of young Arabs and others who are marching and supporting Hamas, 
What do you think they would do with us Jews if they could get away with it, even in New York? <laughs> Just think about it. I think we all I think we all know how serious that is. They support the the torturing of children, the beheading of children, et cetera, et cetera. The, the most I, by the way, and many worse things that no one has yet spoken about. And they are rallying and marching at universities in support of Hamas? Does that tell you everything you need to know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we are going to leave it on that note. Uh, Dove, uh, I, I admire tremendously your, your courage. Most, mostly, though, above all else, you're, you're such an eye of Israel. And the fact that you are there tells us everything we need to know. And I hope we check back in with you again. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Dove Heikend, uh, for, former assemblyman, for founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism. Yes, yes, our pleasure. See you next time. Thank you.